Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. I think it was a great pick. I think the kid will do really, really well. I thought it was great after you sit down and kind of watch his highlights and realize that he won the Bolitnikoff at Pittsburgh. Now he has life-changing money. I mean, you I don't even think you can buy eggs with a million dollars at this point, but like these guys have life-changing money, and it's good to have somebody you know along with you to kind of help you enjoy the ride a little. It's another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. You've heard multiple episodes over the weekend after the NFL draft wrapped up. I've got Jay Nelson, Gabe Henderson, Eric Davidson here with me and our guest this week, KFAN's Power Trip Morning Show, Meat Sauce. Paul, Meat Sauce Labor. I was going to make it a point to make sure we said your name so that people didn't just say your nickname all the time. Yeah, that's fine. Either one works for me. I, I, people call me all kinds of things and <laughs> It's fine. I'll, I'll go by meat sauce, Paul, meat, whatever you want to call me is fine. I, I feel like there there are too many Pauls right now, so I feel like sauce or meat sauce is just, that's more on brand. I mean, you got Paul Charchi and Paul Allen. I'm sure there's more Pauls in this world, but yeah, anything works at this point. I, I know I know you've told the story multiple times here over the years, but you know, how did you feel when they gave you the meat sauce uh, nickname at this point? Well, I felt like I arrived in a weird way because when I first started here at KFAN, everybody had like a unique nickname and I was just Paul. And it was like, well, that's boring. And I've said, I don't know if my career would still, uh, if I would still have a career in radio if I was just boring Paul. I think that the meat sauce persona has helped me a ton. Yeah, well, and look at Sauce. Sauce is cool now, right? Like Sauce Gardner, things like that. Yeah. So Yeah, he stole that nickname from me, but I can't did. afford that sweet chain that he has or else I would have <laughs> one like that. Did you get any royalties from stealing your name? No, that would be great, though. I, that, then you could there afford the like chain. A, there was like a quick rumor that the Vikings might get him with, uh, last year, and I was like, that would be incredible. The bit would be great. The whole thing <laughs> yeah. at work, he could be a guest on the power trip, but uh, they didn't. Sauce with sauce. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the NFL draft had 12 million viewers on three networks for night one. I mean, it's becoming Incredible. quite a spectacle. And I know, uh, Paul, you've kind of really honed in on your draft skills this year. Like what what makes you love the draft so much that you really were like, OK, I'm going to be an expert in this? Well, the first year I ever watched it was 1998. I was 16 years old. And it was the year that the Vikings got Randy Moss. And I just assumed the NFL draft was OK. Here's 40 people. Uh, we'll just go one, two, three, four. That it was basically chalk when, you know, the best players would go at the top and it went from there. But then, like, you know, he had some off the field issues. There was the bit about how Dallas told him they would take him. And just the drama of it, the real drama of it is mm -hmm. what attracted me to it. And I I will never forget. I, I, you know, I was paying attention to it in 98. But then when I finally, you know, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook there was no nothing. And it, when the Vikings got him, I was like, well, this is incredible how this all worked out. And then I just realized, like, A, how fun it was, how ESPN and all these other networks have made it what it is. And somebody tweeted the other day that Mel Kuyper should be in the Hall of Fame for just how – I mean, he's the reason that it, 12 million people – I mean, the whole story about Mel Kuyper is back in the 70s. He had all this information and people laughed at him and people forget that he was like 17 or 18 years old, but nobody, when he would do radio interviews, asked him how old he was. And 
They laughed him out of buildings. We're like, no one would ever want this information. This is worthless information. And he's he's a giant reason mm-hmm. it is the spectacle. I mean, I think the stat was, Tatum, that you were talking about is that's more than people watched the World Series and the NBA Finals. Like, the, A, the, the NFL always is king, but that's incredible that people watched yeah. a bunch of other adults get drafted. <laughs> I know. It always kind of, like, boggled my mind that, like, you wouldn't, as a player, want to be in that moment, to walk across the stage, to have that, like, defining moment. Because I feel like that's becoming less and less of a trend. Yeah, there were only 17 prospects in, invited to the draft this year. So the fact that that luster has kind of went down for players to go, but the, the ratings are going up, like – it's very interesting to me that that's the case because you would think that if there were less players, there would be less people watching, but people are still still in tune to what the NFL draft is every single year. Yeah, people love it, and, and it's one of those things where it's at the perfect time of the year. The Masters is over. March Madness is over. I mean, yeah. really the only thing going is uh, you know baseball and, and some early playoffs, but it's just that's the time where it's like the – it's exactly two months, almost two months after the Super Bowl. So it's we get enough time to like miss football. And then two months later, we're all like, yeah, Sundays are pretty boring unless, unless there's a golf major going on. We need football again. And then there it is. And now it's kind of like that quiet time. But I mean, everybody there at Vikings and Vikings.com knows it starts again in like oh. a month. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that far off. Like we in two in two months, you know, two and a half months training camp starting yeah. like it's not like it's six months away it's literally right around the corner uh-huh i mean when you were when you kind of when you're around the facility a lot you really feel it you just they all start coming back you're like okay getting back used to things like no more break if there was a break rookie showing up rookie yeah. showing up yeah i mean we, the, the xfl would like to have a word with sauce right now <laughs> the xfl is terrible how is that still watched on tv it's I so watched bad and the only i have buddies of mine that watch it because they gamble on it but it's so bad it was on the other day and i'm like what is this? This is just hideous. Yeah, it's bad. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, you were feverishly tweeting during the NFL draft, but you were also watching the wild at the same time. So following your timeline was pretty entertaining. And having to like like what was your setup? Were you at home? Did you have like the two, three TV sets going on? So I was at uh, on Thursday. I everybody at the station. It's all hands on deck for the NFL draft. Except a long time ago, I told my boss, Chad Abbott, that I was like, unless you 100% need me, I'm going to watch this at home. So on Thursday, I watch it at home uh, and I kind of pace around because I get excited about it. It's very weird. I know I'm I'm surprised somebody married me again, but like it's just (laughs) how it is. But then the second day, Norto and I were at the KFAN studio, so we had the draft on the TV and then the game didn't start till 8.30. So we were on till 7.30. I went home and watched the draft and then right as the wild got down, you could tell it was kind of tilting one way. So I just kept it on the draft and I watched it up until the Vikings made their seventh round pick. That's how addicted to the NFL draft I am. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know what was more impressive seeing you in your, I guess, air mattress in your new house or seeing the glasses of wine behind you out. I'm like, <laughs> this guy has his priorities in line. Well, my wife hasn't drank in nine years, but she makes sure that all the stuff that I have is just out <laughs> and sitting. So if it's a, if I, I don't drink during the week, but come about this Friday, about maybe 10 a.m., which 
is my five o'clock at night. Maybe those wine glasses will be in use. <laughs> I love that. It sounds like she takes good care of you, Sauce. I'm happy she does. for you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, she does. She puts uh, up with a 40-year-old child. <laughs> right, but, but a child who's now the draft expert we're talking to for this podcast, and we're excited to have you here to talk a little bit more about going in depth into the draft as well as who the Vikings selected. But going back to that first round, your thoughts on the Vikings moves there, what you thought was going to happen, and and obviously the pick with Jordan Addison. Well, I was convinced from a couple of people that I'd talked to that there was that if Anthony Richardson, the quarterback who went to the Colts, got to like six or seven that the Vikings would make a move. I, I that's I was convinced of that just the way that they kind of set the offseason up, but uh and then that didn't happen because he went fourth, but I I I thought what happened was great because it was one of those things where I think there were a lot of fans that thought it was going to be quarterback. And I don't, I don't think it would have mattered who they would have picked on, on, on Thursday, unless it was Will Levis or, 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 or Hendon hooker, unless it was a quarterback, I think people would have been disappointed, but I think it was people kind of took a deep breath. And then Friday were like, wait a minute, Jordan Addison is a really good football player. And they lost Adam Thielen. Who's also a, really good football player and they need that you know they they don't have the depth i think at the wide receiver position that they wanted i think it was a great pick i think the kid will do really really well i think he uh was there some people depending on your draft opinion that thought he was maybe the best player in the draft but uh, or the best wide receiver excuse me in the draft so i don't at first i was like oh man i thought they'd maybe take joey porter jr but I thought it was great after you sit down and kind of watch his highlights and realize that he won the Bolitnikoff at Pittsburgh, which is the best wide receiver in the country. And then he went to USC and he's caught like 25 touchdowns in his past two years. I think he's going to be a really good player. I know that uh, social media wise, there is a video of you reacting to the pick and just your genuine surprise or shock. You know, what was it for you in that moment when you heard the name Jordan Addison kick across the screen? Some of the people I talked to said that maybe they weren't going to take a wide receiver. I was just everybody. I think Vikings fans are kind of just expecting that every first round pick is going to be a cornerback. <laughs> so I thought when Joey Porter Jr. fell to them, I'm like, there's no way they're going to pass on him. Brian Flores is a connection to Joey Porter's dad. What a great pairing that would be. But then you kind of think, well, maybe the NFL's rigged and him going to uh, Pittsburgh with the first pick in the second round was maybe set up. It wasn't, but... I just thought, and I think all Vikings just assume, if we have a first-round pick, it's going to be a cornerback. That was where my genuine surprise came from. But uh, if you bet on it, like a lot of people I know do, the Vikings, all the, all, the whole time leading up to the draft, the wide receiver was the, was the best, was the number one thing they were going to draft according to like DraftKings and all that. Yeah, and it to me it made sense because when you lose a guy like Adam Thielen, that is a huge, huge void. I mean, yeah, he he did lose a step. He was injured a little bit last year, but he was a sure pass catcher. So wide receiver was, in my opinion, the number one area of concern as far as how do we continue to make this Kevin O'Connell pass happy offense happy. And you get Jordan Addison, and then you go get his teammate a couple of rounds afterwards. When you look at just – the Vikings selecting a cornerback, a position that the Vikings needed to do so. Maybe if that was the first, second, but I guess they did in the third. How excited were you when they selected Makai Blackman? I thought it was a great pick. I I, I know, like, you, you know, you, they always say, you know, we would have taken you at 91, and who knows? It's just things that you can't 
unproved, but I thought a cornerback was something they needed. I thought after they went right wide receiver in the first round, I think cornerback was kind of a must. And then you get Jay Ward in the fourth round, uh, a guy who can play safety and maybe the uh, nickel position. Uh, I think uh, Makai Blackman will be a, a good player. I, I Like I've said, I've never seen him play. The only reason I've seen Jordan Addison play is because of the USC-Utah game. But uh, I think uh, I think having teammates is good. They'll push one another. I, I think uh, I think Blackman will probably be a pretty good player, and it's a position of need that they needed. I know that um, when we look at guys like Zay filling in, and you have a couple of LSU guys, and then you have a couple of USC guys mm-hmm. coming in together, you know, it's going to be kind of an interesting dynamic there, knowing that they know each other so well. Um, is there ever kind of a feeling on your side when you see? Teammates going to a team like, you know, Philly drafting a couple guys in the first round a as couple. well and putting more of the <laughs> Georgia, like Georgia North. That's the thing. They're, they're, they're putting the band back together from that uh, championship yeah. team. You know, when you look at those kind of situations, do you ever have feelings about teammates going together to teams like that? Well, I think it helps. Like, I think a lot of people forget that, like, think if like when all of us were uh, uh, 21 and for Tatum, I think that was just a few years ago. But like. You get people who, um, you know, yeah, thank you. You get, I was like, oh God, what did I say? Anyway, um, uh-huh. you get people that like, it's like, these are, these are young men. Like we, a lot of us refer to them as kids. Like think if all of a sudden you were playing football and then the next day you're like, you're going to Minnesota. I've never been there. It helps to like have someone that, you know, to kind of like get, I mean, this is a big step in everybody's life. Like I had, I was going nowhere when I was their age, but like. You just have people that it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think it helps like transition with the big step in life, living on your own maybe for the first time, having like responsibilities for maybe the first time in your life like a lot of us did at that age. I think it helps to have just a somebody you know that you can talk to about the process. I know they're making a lot of money and I know they're playing a game for a living, but still, it's a big transition from going, you know, from for like uh, a, a a Blackman and Addison. I mean, you go from Southern California to all of a sudden Minnesota, where even today you still need a code out. So Ugh. I think it's a big thing. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, you're good. Well, for me, like, you know, the thought of having a, a Kendricks and Barr even playing the same position, those guys had a shorthand when they played together. So there was a little bit of of almost like accelerated bit there for them where they could just look at each other and know what each other were thinking about. So you have a couple guys in the LSU guys that play defense, although they're completely separated, but still the idea of having those guys together to kind of bounce stuff back and forth, I'm sure is going to be helpful. Well, the LSU guys have been together for a few years now, right? And I mean, both guys from USC were there for the one year. And and we're talking about, like, like you said, they're so young. Like they need a little bit. I mean, they're still kids at heart. So... Uh, I, d- I do think it's funny, though, that we were talking about this the other day in in our office area, just about how this is starting to be like this generation where money is obviously like a big deal when you get into the league. That's like you're getting paid, you're getting your contract. But these guys are making serious money from NIL deals. Like that's what Jordan Addison wanted to get out of USC. Right. So you so he's coming in here already a millionaire. Um I just, I just find it fascinating that that's what we're starting to see in this wave of guys coming in and being drafted. Yeah, I mean, and it's something that, that I think is long overdue. I mean, there's oh, plenty sure. of guys that like, I mean, you go back to like the the college football video game. I mean, I, uh, Vince Young was on the cover, I think the last one or one of them. And it's like they made millions, mm. millions of dollars off his picture, his image and likeness. And it's like they didn't pay him. And then they, you know, they got in the lawsuit, I think. And a lot of those guys ended up getting paid. But like 
It's uh, the movie The Program, which is a great football game. And James Conn's character says when a guy's about to be suspended, he says, when was the last time 50,000 people showed up to watch somebody take a science test? Yes, it's about going to school, but like... You, the, these schools make so much money off of these kids, and it's about time they get paid. But, per, you know, like, they, he, Jordan Addison has a lot of money, but it's still, now he has life-changing money. I mean, you, I don't even think you can buy eggs with a million dollars at this point, <laughs> but, like, these guys have life-changing money, and it's good to have somebody you know along with you to kind of help you enjoy the ride a little. Jaron Hall was a interesting pick for me, um, BYU quarterback comes in a little bit older, but there was a lot of positives that Quasey and Kevin O'Connell said in their press conference about Jaron Hall. We know quarterback was going to be an area of concern for the Vikings or a position of need. When you look at that Jaron Hall signing, what were your initial reactions? Well, I'll be honest. I'd never heard of him. I mean, I'd heard of him because it was one of those guys where on like a top, you know, like the top uh, position list that you find on like ESPN.com. But like, I'd never really heard of him. Uh, I, I think people are kind of excited want all any quarterback i mean obviously the first round would have been a little bit different but like any round after the first round is an exciting time to take a quarterback and i i as i said i don't know a lot about it but he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions he's very very good but he didn't throw a ton of passes at byu i think it's like under 300 passes or something he threw in his whole career but i think he had like a two-year uh, mission because uh, uh, he's Mormon and he mm-hmm. went on a two-year mission, so that's why he's older. But I, I don't know. Like you wonder, like you take a guy in the fifth round. It's not the sixth round. It's not the seventh round. Well, obviously, but like that's a that you know he's a top 170 pick. Like I would assume if they take a guy in that round, he's probably going to push for. Obviously, he's not going to start, but he's going to push for the backup role. Yeah, I can. I mean, that's. That's kind of what people are expecting, right? You know, just a a, a solid backup for Kirk Cousins and uh, Tatum and Ron and I talked about, you know, the having the dynamic of Kevin O'Connell, who was a backup quarterback in the NFL, that that only helps accelerate Jaron Hall's game as far as just being that backup and being that guy that can, I guess, keep the keep the ball rolling or keep Kirk Cousins on his toes when it comes to looking at things from a, another perspective. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting just to get like another set of eyes in there and the possibility of and if he if you get something out of him, we all know Kirk is on the last year of his contract. If you get something out of him, who knows? Maybe you sign Kirk and then you can trade, you know, for a third round. Maybe you could trade Jaron Hall two years from now for a third round pick and you make your money back. Whatever it is, I just think that. I think you should take a quarterback in every draft until you have your guy. And I know some quarterbacks maybe don't want to do that. There's a lot of teams like Kansas City that are going, why would we do that? Now, not every, you know, Kansas City, of course, is an exception to the rule. But like it's sometimes I think it's good to take a quarterback, at least one in every draft, just to get a new look at somebody, just to see what they got in your in your setting. One thing for me, the reason why he does intrigue me even more than where they drafted him at is his baseball background. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was actually something the last couple of years you were looking at a bunch of guys who came into the league that had baseball backgrounds as quarterbacks and guys like your Russell Wilson's, Kyler Murray's, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady. Like there were all these different people that were playing ball in some some aspect. And I think there is something that translates there, at least for arm strength. Um, and so for me, it was really intriguing when when they brought him up because 
I had watched a couple of his games. It'd be like the late night game because it's the Pacific time zone and nobody's watching anything else. It's the only thing that's on just in that those games are always so dang late at night. And you watch a couple of times with him. And like you said, you know, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, use on the feet. But when he did uncork some of those passes, there was some impressive throws there. So it was something to me that I've been paying attention going, you know, I wonder how many guys with baseball backgrounds are going to get drafted that way. And then all of a sudden we were the one that picked them that way. Yeah, you hope he works out. The arm strength thing, too, is a big thing. If you can throw a baseball and you need to th- be able to throw it very far and very hard at that sport, you could probably throw a football in the picture that you guys have on Vikings.com of Jaron Hall. He has massive hands, which is another thing you look for. Don't ask Joe Burrow that. Yeah, it worked out just <laughs> yeah. fine for Joey B. Come yeah, on. Yeah, guys. I mean, he's yeah, he's pretty good. I'd he's take okay. him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Uh, was there a team that you thought won the draft this past weekend? Well, I mean, it, if you look at it, I think it's got. I mean, I think it's got to be the Eagles. I mean, you you hear all along, <laughs> and there fair. were people, plenty of people I talked to that would, you know, if you got Jalen Carter in a situation where you knew he would like, if Jalen Carter had Johnny Randall's effort level, he'd be the first pick in about any draft you could think of. Maybe the Peyton Manning draft, he wouldn't be the first overall pick in. The guy's a monster, but. You know, he's got some off the field issues. And then I heard something after the draft, of course, that a lot of the coaches at Georgia didn't give him good reviews. But you let, of course, the Bears thank thank whoever that he, they did, he didn't end up there. And then you come back and you take Nolan Smith and they have all I mean, Jordan, uh, who's the guy that the Eagles drafted last year? Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis. Davis. Jordan Davis. And now you have Jalen Carter as your nose tackle and your three technique. I mean, the team, you know, the rich get richer. I think they did very well. I think a team that didn't is Houston. And I know they had the top, they had two picks in the top three. But when you are Houston, you're always bad. You've been bad forever. And to move up nine picks, you may have given up the first overall pick in next year's draft to take a very good defensive player an elite defensive player in in, uh, in uh, the the Williams kid, but you get you gave up maybe it's going to be a top five pick. There's no way the Texans aren't going to be picking in the top five. Plus, you gave up your second round pick yeah. in next year's draft, which might be the first pick in the second round, which is basically a first round pick. Yeah, that's well, a good point. A good point. Yeah, I feel like with a guy like Jalen Carter, yeah, his his coaches may not have given him the the best. I guess, grade or whatever you want to call it to coaches. But at the same time, when you have a guy in Jordan Davis, a guy that you played with for the past three years, that kind of helps that maturity process. And having two guys right beside each other that know each other, I I really believe that helps. And, yeah, I do do agree with you. The Eagles did win probably the NFL draft this year. Just I feel like they got better at at every single level. I mean, they they got the quarterback that was on the top 30 visit for the Vikings and uh, Tanner McKee. And then just throughout the entire draft, you're just like, damn, like how how are the Eagles still getting better? And they traded yeah. for the and traded for Swift as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Detroit, so and they got Keely, Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like the fourth round. Yeah. yeah. But been, good for them. Yeah, they're yeah. Howie's been doing some work over yeah. there, huh? Yeah, very good. Uh okay, I, I have a bone to pick with people or not people, just kind of like Twitter in general for uh draft stuff. I think one of the things that bothered me about this weekend was so the Vikings don't have their round two pick, right? And so it was always like, Oh, in the round two, they draft TJ Hawkinson. And we I'm like, about this. Yeah, I know. It's and I wanted to get your thoughts, Sass, because it's just it's one of my like 
quirks, my irks, my, my pet peeves is like, there's no drafting going on. And if you're going to like go and say, oh, well, I'm going to go trade or you trade for someone. So like the Eagles can say, well, with our fifth round pick, I don't know what the deal was, but let's just say with our fifth round pick, we drafted DeAndre Swift. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But I feel like only Vikings fans do that, though. Uh, For some reason, I feel like that's Does that make everyone feel better that you didn't have a second-round pick? I mean, Well, I think Minnesotans (laughs) in general just want to be included, and we weren't included in the second round. I think Minnesotans have just the most FOMA of all time. (laughs) They are constantly afraid of missing out, and that was it. But, you know, I think you can sell that, though. I mean, TJ Hawkinson... If he were if he were picked 55 or as Nordo and I said this, this is my what Nordo and I said during uh, the, the our third round coverage. If Friday night we were all sitting around and, you know, a couple first couple of the second round picks go by and then all of a sudden Mel Kuyper, the guys on NFL Network say we have a trade and the Vikings have traded the 55th overall pick to the Lions for TJ Hawkinson, we would have gone ballistic. Like okay. the fans would can, have been so I can see pumped. That point. So that's the way that 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 Nordo okay. when I looked at it. But yeah, drafting. I mean, yeah, drafting it that way because then, you know, it, it, yeah, then you could just do it for every pick. You know, right? I think it would get year, messy. Right. Then next year the Texans could say, you know, even though the Arizona Cardinals drafted Caleb Williams, that's our pick, so we did that, and then that would make <laughs> yeah, no so sense. So we did that. But, but that's the thing too. Even with the draft, there's there is the other side of it too, where you have the oh, the Russell Wilson trade is officially complete, and here is all of the draft yeah. draft picks. It's kind of yeah. a similar bit. It, we love doing that. Yeah. And this is no knock on Minnesotans. I don't want anyone to take that the wrong no, way. I meant fine. Twitter in general because I saw it in multiple places. It's not. So, so this is not me hating on where we live. No, it's okay. No. We're provincial. This you is what we do. This is just how we operate. Yeah. So, okay. so, yeah. so, so, we'll, we'll remember that for 20 years and it'll be brought back up. <laughs> that is correct. So you're saying if the, if the trade happens on draft day, you can put that in your... Hey, this is who we drafted. This we drafted to yeah. Okay. okay. But if it happens just, like middle of the season, you can't do it. No, and I just think you... like the uh, There are a lot of fans that were mad that they didn't have a second round pick, but like... They didn't just give it to the Lions. We're like, you know, he's had a bad, bad couple of days. The Lions here, like they got a Pro Bowl player out of it who's young, the, the same age as the quarterback they drafted in the fifth round. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it was I mean, I think I think if they'd given up a first round pick for TJ Hawkinson, I think people would be a little mad. But I, I still think it would be worth the trade. For me, Sauce, the thing that drives me nuts about some of this stuff are the amount of people that get super upset over who is picked, who is not, and knowing that they really didn't even pay attention to it till maybe two weeks before the draft. You know, just the amount of people that are like, wait, we missed on our guy, and they're freaking out, and you're just like, do you even know who this guy is? Or where, right, where they're your from? guy? Like, what they do you mean? Yeah, they hadn't heard, heard from him, you know, until a week or two before the draft even started. I like throwing people under the bus, because that's just who I am, but like, and that's another Minnesotan trait of mine, but like, Rosie's the same way. Mark Rosen, anytime we have a golf bet, and... You know, the first pick, uh, with the first pick, we pull names out of a hat and Corey Cove will go, hey, uh, Parrish, you have the first pick. And Rosie go, or uh, and Parrish will go, I'll take John Rahm. And Rosie will go, ah, oh, you snipe me. That's not <laughs> sniping. You don't know when you're picking. You can't be sniped if you haven't. It'd be one thing, I, I don't know. It's like those guys in fantasy drafts, those guys or gals that are like, oh, you took the guy I wanted. Why the first pick? You have the ninth pick. That is There's correct. no way Justin Jefferson was going to be there at the ninth <laughs> pick. No one got sniped. Calm down. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, there's a lot of because the I draft is now trendy. So people like to be it's like the Dave Matthews band was when uh, 
back in the day, but when I liked them and then everybody got on board, it's like, well, I don't, you know, it's just, it's <laughs> a thing brag. to do. Now, yeah, but now, well, yeah, I mean, we, we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that, but it's like, uh, what's another example? It's like, uh, I can't think of anything right now because I've been up since 3.30, but things, things March have become- madness. Yeah, March Madness. It's things that become super popular are now like mm-hmm. everybody has to do. And then a week from now, you could ask everybody, "Hey, who was the Vikings' first round pick?" And they'd go, "The Vikings had a first round pick. <laughs> yeah. I thought they traded to the Texans. That's a bad callback." <laughs> but yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, it's just it's uh it's just a trendy thing now. Just going around quickly, the NFC North. At one point, you were like, "They are really bad at drafting." Um, obviously talking about the other three teams within the division. <laughs> I, thought um, the, I thought the Lions did a good job. Well, I was going to have oh. Sauce grade grade okay. them. Yeah, yeah. So before you reveal yours, Gabe, before yeah. you reveal yours, Sauce, what did you think the Lions did as far as draft grades? The the running back was a weird pick because uh, you could have taken Jalen Carter at the sixth pick. You could have taken, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, there were so many other players you could have taken. And because I work with Corey and we have to admit uh, our mistakes, you look at like the Jameer Gibbs pick um, at pick 12. I hadn't really heard of him until the day of when when PA brought him up as a possibility for the Vikings at pick 23. I thought that was a reach. You know, I, I just think like he's he's a fine player. But like when did I, I didn't think we were all of a sudden drafting running backs again. And then you go down to where was it? What pick did they have at 18? And they take Jack Campbell. A, fine, but I just, there's so many other positions they could have taken or other players they could have taken. They, I mean, they could have taken, uh, where is he right here? Uh, where, they could have taken Kalijah Kansi, who a lot of people thought they might pick and put them on, put him on that amazing defensive line they have. It's just, I don't know. Like, I just think sometimes that, like, they, uh, they, you get so wrapped up in these mock drafts that you just, when it doesn't go that way, you're like, ah, they're wrong. I thought both of their picks were reaches. I thought at the 12th pick, you could have taken anybody other than the, I think you could have gotten the running back at the 18th pick. I don't know why they didn't take, I thought they, I thought it was, they were both reaches for their picks. Yeah. For me, with the Lions, the biggest question mark right now just period is that running back room because they went from having DeAndre Swift who they liked kind of the versatility of him and I know he had some injury issues and stuff but on the flip side now they basically went and got Montgomery from Chicago they drafted you know the first round pick and then on on the back end they signed Mo Ibrahim from the Gophers to a hundred thousand dollar deal so like they're completely revamping and and one thing that's the most interesting to me is how on the back end of the season last year with the Lions they were trending so well and then it feels like they've kind of flip the apple cart yet again. Um, and so everyone's like, oh, the Lions are going to be back. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And you're like, they're going to have to go through a bunch of personnel issues just like everybody else's. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah. And, th- and then all of a sudden, th- it's going to cost them a lot of money, all these young, good rookies that they have for the Lions. Yeah, I, I, I do think they did reach with Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. But I still like both of those picks, especially if your thought process was to give up DeAndre Swift. Yeah. You probably could have got Jameer Gibbs later in the round, I guess later in the first round, and then kept Jack Campbell at 18. But the fact that they got Hendon Hooker and Brian Branch, a quarterback and a cornerback for the future, I mean, you lose Jeff Okuda and you don't know what uh, Jared Goff is going to be like in that offense. I I really think they didn't have the worst draft. Uh, Their free agency kind of, you know, makes it seem a little bit better because of how good they did in free agency this year, but still. They got a lot of young guys. They got younger in a lot of different positions. And 
you know, you you extend Alex Anzalone, that linebacker, and then you bring in a rookie linebacker uh, to go with Malcolm Rodriguez. Like, yeah, Jalen Carter would have been nice, but I'm so glad he's not in our division right <laughs> yeah. now. Oh, for sure. But, but I think this, that's I think that's why people have like a polarizing opinions on what the Lions did because yeah. they were a little shocked at going for positions that they had signed intentionally signed veterans at in free agency, thinking that those positions were locked up and then being like, oh, JK, like here we are <laughs> just going for the same thing, you know? So I think that was kind of like the reason behind it. What about the Bears, Sauce? What did you think about the Bears? Uh, I th- Well, when you move from one to nine, I thought that was good. I don't know why they didn't sit at nine and take Jalen Carter. I'm glad that both our division uh, foes passed on him, but uh, – I don't get why you take uh, Darnell Wright, a right tackle with the 10th overall pick when Skaronsky, the guy from uh, Northwestern, was there. You could have taken him. I think Broderick Jones, the, who went pick 14, would be a, would have been a much better pick. I don't know how you can spend the 10th overall pick on a just a right tackle. I think that's a weird – I mean, they have so many needs, and I know their offensive line is bad, but yeah. I thought that was a reach. I, I didn't really get that pick. Uh, but the Bears also, have, you know, they're going to have they've collected a ton of picks because I would assume they have Carolina's pick from next for next year. And that will most likely be a high pick. So I just think uh, they pr- maybe thought, well, maybe next year we're going to have two high first round picks again and we'll just reload again. Three of their first four picks were on defense, too, and two of them were defensive tackles. So like they've re- recognized, you know, the vaunted Bears defense that they had for the previous few seasons that basically got dismantled in the last two seasons. They're kind of trying to rewrite that ship for them, too. I I just feel like with Chicago, you know, even last year and the fact that they did have the number one pick this year, you know, there's so many things for them that they just need to do a complete reset. And it feels like they're on pace to do that. But I I, they're going to be another team that's going to be on the come up. It's just going to take them, I think, probably a couple seasons to get there. That's okay. Yeah, correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine. And then obviously we need to talk about the Packers. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, <laughs> massive reach. I don't know why you would. I just the Packers make no sense. Obviously, they know <laughs> what they're doing, I guess. But they how do you not give your young wide res, or your young quarterback a wide receiver or a tight end? How do you not? How do you let um, Jackson Smith and Jigba go past you? Quinton Johnston, Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison go past you and you take a like a, a linebacker slash pass rusher, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, which is another way too high of a pick for an Iowa guy. And then I, we got in this argument uh, on Saturday when Nordo and I were doing the show on, on KFN. How do, I don't understand why they took Sean Clifford. Like you have a guy who Jordan Love, who has been on this team with Rodgers, who Every move is calculated by Rodgers. He ripped the pick right away when they took him. Anytime Rodgers got an opportunity to rip Jordan Love or rip the fact that they took a quarterback when they didn't need one. And now I know George, I know Sean Clifford will probably never play, but it just it seems super weird that you wouldn't just let this draft go by and not take a quarterback. Just let Jordan Love have the team for at least one off season. It just didn't make any sense. Now you bring in a new person into the quarterback room. It was just a weird move by them. It was interesting. Definitely an interesting move. But see, they've done that in the past. I know Patriots did that kind of stuff too, where they would have 
top tier quarterbacks and behind you know their super studs that that were sitting there and they could similar to what you said earlier they could use them as draft capital to trade them away and try to get some other people well, in the you future say but any of these are top tier quarterbacks but the, that's the thing with Sean Clifford like being at Penn State you're not quite sure because it's a fifth round pick again you're you're kind of trying to set yourself up in case there is something there and I think the most telling thing is the fact that their front office has been still kind of hedging their bets when it comes to you know is Jordan Love the guy they're not completely all in they're not, they've they've given him the reins but what they've been saying publicly as <laughs> well has great. been yeah it's been kind of this weird mishmash of them kind of going yeah he's the guy but we're not quite sure if he's the guy I, and and it's weird I have the quote I yeah. have the quote here so he signed that extension right so it's a 22 million dollar one year deal 13 and a half million fully guaranteed it's not a fifth year option it's just the one year extension Brian Gunnika said, it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played, but at the same time, obviously, we're moving forward with him. What a ringing endorsement. He's the guy in charge, according to Matt LaFleur. Is he the quarterback? Right. Yes, he is our quarterback, and that's about all I'm going to say about that is what he says. <laughs> it's just it, it, That's the thing. I, yeah, it's weird, but I don't. it's kind of their MO. They're going to go and try to find guys like that, and if they work out great, and if they don't, they're trying to find some sort of a you know backup parachute here in case the one that they got doesn't work. Who wants to be the Packers GM when the quarterback fails? Because it hasn't mm. happened in what thirty years. Thirty years, yeah. Correct. You're instantly going to get fired. <laughs> instantly. And that's but that's the thing is I think they kind of feel like they're the the quarterback gurus and the whispers. They're the ones that can find all these guys and feel like, well, we nailed two Hall of Famers in a row here. You know what's going to happen? We're just. I think there is yeah. a feeling by Packer fans and people that I know that they're just like, yeah, we're just going to do it again. And and there's this feeling of we're going to go from 15 years to 30 years to 45 years of right. Hall of Fame quarterbacking. And uh, I am very interested and hoping that that does not happen. I think the funniest part about this whole thing with them is not only are they just not all in on Jordan Love from what it sounds like, they also have 40, over $40 million in dead money from yeah. Aaron Rodgers' contract as he goes Thanks. to the Jets and is about to be joined by Randall Cobb. News breaking this morning. Um, I think I saw it first from Adam Schefter, but I'm not sure if anyone else had it. Um, They're just putting the band back together. I just Randall like, Cobb, one-year deal. I just like for Aaron Rodgers to go on Pat McAfee's show and say he didn't give the Jets any requests for any guys that he wanted, but literally Diana every Tur- or whatever. Diana, what's <laughs> Diana Lazard, Tur- yeah, she's the basketball player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, he just destroyed that woman on ESPN. Right. I'm like, yeah. dude, what are, what are we doing? So we'll see. I'm just glad the Packers won't be as good as they once were. And oh, are like you I talking about Diana Rossini? Yeah, Diana Rossini. Yeah, he just destroyed yeah, was, her. I was like, what are, we, what are, what are you She's doing, She's sitting Aaron? back laughing right now, being like, yeah. okay, bro. Yeah. And, yeah. and Randall Cobb, the problem with it is, Randall Cobb's terrible. Like, <laughs> Randall, it, No, but if, seriously. It, it would be like if all of a sudden you guys got breaking news from Radio.com and it was like, Meat Sauce Paul Lambert is going to go on the Howard Stern show because his dad's Howard Stern's lawyer. You'd be like, what? Paul's <laughs> awful at radio. How? What? Like, Randall Cobb doesn't belong in the league. Like, they, he just doesn't. He was bad last. He's been bad for years, but he's boys with Rodgers. So, you know, it's not what you know. It's who you know. Randall Cobb wouldn't be on any, maybe Houston. He just doesn't belong in any team. He's just bad. <laughs> 
It just I I don't I don't get it. What, what is, I mean, is Jordy Nelson not available? <laughs> They're just trading one green jersey for another one. Correct. Wait, I, the, my takeaway from this is: Is your dad actually Howard Stern's lawyer? No, I wouldn't <laughs> be sitting here if he was. It would be great. Uh, I mean, not that it would be great not to be sitting here, but no, he is not. No, that no, would be we, sweet. we feel we feel the love. Yeah, no, it would be sweet. <laughs> that would be sweet. Well, we really are. We're really happy that you were able to do this podcast with us. Just a little bit of a deep dive into the draft post everything. I feel like we've talked about this for so many days now, and we appreciate you staying up a little bit longer with us. Because I know you said you've been up since 3.30. We're recording this at like, what, 9, 10 a.m. right after your show. So we appreciate your time, Sauce. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's always great. All three of you are great at what you do. Don't let anybody tell you any different. It's an honor to be on this podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Saucy. Uh, I can live Bye. on that compliment for the rest of the week. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>